I am not Ronnie Roberts, in case anybody was curious. I am his middle and most beloved son. I think that's how you say that, Dad. That's how he introduces me anyway. Um, this is, I'm Brady Roberts, and this is Nicole Roberts, my wife. Uh, we're visiting with our three from Wichita. So always exciting and fun to come to First Christian Church in Junction City. This is where I started growing up in the Lord. So very exciting to be with you guys. We're reading from Isaiah 11 this morning. <laughs> 11, 1 through 5. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. All right. Those kindergarten through fifth grade, thank you guys. Thank you. All those kindergarten through fifth grade, if you make your way up here for your uh, time, and those who are three, four, and five-year-olds, you make your way to the back with your teacher. Thank you, Brady and Nicole. Um, we, we have talked about having uh, many in the congregation to have the opportunity to read the scripture for the day. So we're going to start implementing that a little bit more. This morning, some of the folks that I was going to be asking uh, were gone. There's a number of people gone this morning. Of course, this long week with school out, a number of our kids are uh, with, with that opportunity. I'm so glad that, uh, uh, that, that people are having that opportunity to go do some visiting. We had 30. I, around, I don't know the exact number. I'm, I'm saying 30. It was, it was a mess. It was a, it was a huge mess. A lot, lot, lot of people. I don't know how else you say it. But uh, uh, we had lots of fun. Linda's, Linda's family, a lot of those from Missouri came, and uh, uh, of course our house was full, and, and Lindsay's house, Lindsay and Jared's house was full, and uh, not the hotel was not full, it wasn't that many. So uh, anyway, we really enjoyed oh, playing games and, and uh, watching some sports, well we kind of enjoyed that. Uh, not KU fan. It wasn't a good weekend. Uh, <laughs> you feel bad, but I hope uh, I hope that you enjoyed that time, and I hope you had that, especially that that privilege of being thankful before God for all that He's given. I hope you took that opportunity. Hope you had a uh, good good uh, opportunity to be with family as well. Um, Eric has already introduced that the title, the title for our sermon series is "Lyrics of Christmas." I. We could be really negative around this time of year because uh, a number of you would know this and, and even tell me, said Jesus was not born on December 25th. Matter of fact, it was nowhere near that if we really want to be uh, specific. We could probably pinpoint, pinpoint another day. It wouldn't even be close to December 25th. But this, uh, uh, if you look at this, there is always... A, uh, a great opportunity to, to celebrate Jesus and his coming, right? There's always, whenever we get together, it is always an appropriate day to celebrate even his birth. We could do that in July. We could do it in June. We could do whatever. 
We can celebrate also his death and his resurrection, which we purposefully do with our, our communion. Uh, the, the significance of this is everybody around us is celebrating Christmas. Maybe, maybe not the same way we are, but I believe that we ought to do our best at celebrating Jesus in the time while everybody else might be celebrating maybe more of a focus on a jolly round man in red, something like that. I, I, it is really our opportunity to celebrate the coming of Jesus' birth. Advent, it means coming. And, and that anticipation, is, as Eric said, is going to be our focus this morning. Uh, I, I want to let you know some of the songs that we're going to go through, nothing brand new. There, there are these old songs that, that we sing. Matter of fact, even this morning I ran to, to the market for, for Linda and I had the radio on and here comes some of those old carols. Isn't it amazing that they continue to play? I haven't heard this one this year, but I remember walking, I, I don't know whether it was Walmart or some department store, and all of a sudden um, comes on, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, uh, you know, that, that Handel's Messiah comes on, the great announcement of Jesus and his coming, and it, it just gave me chills, uh, you know, at home, but, but to hear it over the radio and know that people are listening to this. Uh, is, is something special. Some of the songs that we're selecting are songs, uh, well, actually all the songs we're selecting has a story and, and content of scripture that could be supported. And, and so, uh, who knows? It, would this not be a great time of the year while we're celebrating the coming of Jesus to tell someone around you why? Why we would celebrate this? Why would this be important? How, how about this particular song that we're singing? Or do you know the details of this song? Uh, so, so we thought it would be good, the songs that we're familiar with, to go through, uh, align them with the scriptures, and share with you. Some of the other songs that we're going to next week we'll do, What Child Is This? Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which Eric is going to take the opportunity to, to walk through. I'm really pleased that he's going to have that opportunity to do that. God rest you, merry gentlemen, on Christmas Eve. We're going to talk, uh, talk about, uh, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, some, some familiar passages. Today, of course, is the song we've already sung, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, Charles Wesley's song. And, and I looked in there to see, well, is there any story background behind this? But it, it, it didn't have a whole lot. What it did say about Charles Wesley, he composed over or, or wrote lyrics for over 8,000 uh, hymns. So, to say that there might be one story that has a significant uh, line behind it, I think it was Scripture. I think it was Scripture. I think it was uh, just the, the, the perspective that we have because of what God's Word has told us about Jesus and His coming. It is significant. It is significant about Jesus and His coming. Come thou long, expect to Jesus. It, it really identifies the longing or actually uses the word longing in the song or anticipation for the Messiah's coming. So this morning, uh, man, if we, we talked about a specific theme of this song, it would be about that birth of Jesus and how it was eagerly anticipated before its coming, before his coming. There was, there was an eager anticipation before Jesus was born in, in that manger and the shepherds showed up and then Two years later, it's the wise men showed up. It, there was a, 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 a people looking and anticipating his coming. 
Uh, I, here, here are some points I think that's significant within this song. Next week, I, I apologize, next week I think what we'll do is we'll print the words to these songs on the back, just, but I will repeat them for you as we go through it uh, so you could hear uh, these words. That's if I brought the sheet up here with me, and I did not. It wasn't that brilliant of me. I said I was going to do that, and now, it, uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll try to see if Eric has the words here. Eric does. He's not here. He's not going to see. I'm going to do this. But all right, there we go. I have the words in front of me so I could share them with you as we go. Here we go. Uh, for, first of all, you know, why the longing? Why is there anticipation? And, and if, if, if we know the Old Testament, we know why there was anticipation. But it is because we need a Savior. People, people are in need of, of a Savior. We're in need of rescue. Um, and, and because, you know, ultimately the reason we need rescue is because of our sinfulness. Because of our sinfulness, we are headed for ruin or we're headed for destruction. If you got your eyes open and realize even today, it, it just seems like things are falling apart in our world. When, when was a time that we ever felt things were really, really good all over the world? Uh, in, in our present time, in the circumstances that we've been facing, I know a lot of people who have been fretting or, or, or fearful over the circumstances of our political climate, the, the, the attitude and actions amongst people, the great division amongst people. Hatred seems to be fueled, does it not? And, and just seems to be stoking up uh, amongst whether races or, or uh, different people groups or, or even choices that people are making. It just seems to increase and becomes worse. And I, I think in my own perspective, it just looks like it is continuing to decline and move towards just ruin and, and destruction. Now, Israel... I want us to think about Israel. I'm not going to go to all the passages that I, I drew up here. But, but if, if we walk through the Old Testament, we know Israel is that special people of God, chosen through Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to make you into a mighty nation. Started with one man. God chose Abraham. He was faithful. And, and from Abraham came that, that nation that was you know, enslaved in Egypt. God rescued them out of or. or uh, uh, released them out of their captivity in Egypt, and, and so that story go, goes. After that release, uh, with, with this great number of people by that time, uh, God established a covenant, a covenant. I will be your God, you will be my people. In that covenant, he made it very clear that I, I, I'm going to be blessing you. Uh, if you remain faithful to me, if you follow you know, all these laws and, and everything that I lay down, if, if you will be my people and I will be your God as long as you're faithful to me. And, and the blessings were going to be abundant. We, we see a, a portion of what that blessing looked like. I mean, the kingdom was really flourishing in the period of t time of David and, and of Solomon, right? Uh, there was splendor. There was some, some amazing things about that kingdom at that time. And other kingdoms were looking and saying, wow. And even thinking, what a mighty God. Uh, for numerous reasons. But the, the problem was Israel did not stay faithful. They, they, they were more disobedient than faithful. And some of the key issues of, of worshiping other gods 
was, was like some of the worst things they were doing, pursuing the gods of other nations. And, and because of that, there was also the promise at the beginning, hey, you're going to come in covenant with me, that, that I'm going to bless you if you're faithful. If you're unfaithful, guess what? I'm going to curse you. There's going to be curse. And if we read through the Old Testament, we would see the, the, the decline of Israel. And we, we see things declining in this world. They could obviously see things declining uh, in their time as well. Even to the point of being uh, taken over. Israel was taken over. Later on, Judah was taken over. The divided kingdom, that was a, a poor sign that things were not going as God had instructed and directed. And, and then they went into captivity. And, and throughout the Old Testament, numerous times throughout the prophets and, and even other locations in the Psalms, you even find these, these uh, words, special words that gave them hope. That spoke about a Savior that's coming. He's described in the, the, um, the scripture that Brady and Nicole read this morning. He's identified as the root of Jesse. That's significant because Jesse is the father of King David. You know, David was one of those mighty kings of Israel. Probably, probably there at the, the one who, who put it together and through all the conquest and things like that, uh, David was that mighty king of God, loved God, pursued God in his life, was not perfect don't want to go there. He was not perfect, failed in, in sinfulness, but also repented well. Now, it was the root of Jesse that, that uh, uh, meaning, meaning it's going to be some offspring from, from Jesse that is going to establish that throne forever. It, in the description, it said his spirit, the spirit of the Lord is going to rest upon him uh, uh, it all also says the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. That's all in the description laid out in, in this, this one who's coming, the root of Jesse. It says also that he's going to bring judgment. His judgment is not going to be according to what he sees and what is said, but it's going to be according to righteousness. It does remind me of some of the parables that Jesus told, uh, per particularly the one where he is judging and he separates the righteous from the unrighteous. He's coming in that judgment. Isaiah 10 and, and verse 11. I didn't have Brady read this, Brady and Nicole read this, but here's what he says. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner. For the peoples, the nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. See, throughout, throughout the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, the prophets were writing and, and letting them know, hey, God has more in store. Even, even through the difficulties, the, they would be able to go and see what Isaiah had to say or Daniel had to say or, or other prophets would lay out in their word and, and deliver to them. So they know that God has a plan of, of even bringing back, uh, bringing them back to, to, and restoring them. There, there was a plan, and, and he had a Savior that was going to bring uh, them all back. Let, again, let me read the words of the song. Uh, Come thou long-expected Jesus, 
born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. I want to I go, what, what about us in our lives? The, the message in this song is also for us. We realize that. He is our Savior from both our sinfulness. Our sinfulness. What, what about our sinfulness? Romans chapter 1, especially focused on 20 through 23 What about the rest of us? We're not a part of that nation, and yet in Romans it says that we have failed in the fact that we have not acknowledged him as God. Matter of fact, I I think the term is rejected. We rejected this idea of God. Society has turned our backs on God, even though we can look up and wake up every morning and, and be able to identify in this world that his thumbprint is everywhere. He is the creator God that has established this world around us and has given it to us. And and yet, instead of acknowledging or pursuing and looking for uh, a God who created, many of humanity has just turned their backs upon him. Therefore, sin is working in this world. Matter of fact, in that Romans chapter 1, he said his, his anger has been you know, directed at us. His judgment has been brought upon us. And how, what has he done except he's turned his back upon us as, as his people? Or he's turned his back on uh, his, his creation. He's turned us over to our fleshly desires, our sinful lust, and our depravity. Do you, do you see that working in the world today? Any of that? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the destruction I see working in the world is because of humanity's sinfulness. Too many times I hear people blaming God for the troubles of this world. Too often I hear God being, well, he's an easy target when things aren't going right. We'll deny he, he exists until things are going wrong. And then all of a sudden God exists so we could hurl our anger in his direction. Have you seen that? I recognize that and see that working in this world. But the truth is, God, that we're the cause of the sinfulness, brokenness in this world. And I would love to point fingers everywhere else, but I know that sinfulness has worked in me. That sinfulness has been a part of my life. That, that sinfulness, you see, I need a Savior, you need a Savior. Am I right? Yeah. And, and, and so songs like this that says Jesus came to set us free from our sinfulness and our fears. I, 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 I share this, uh, especially because I, I remember not, not too long ago, I was talking to, uh, uh, actually, he's one of you, and, and the expression about fear is, is this, pretty much gave me a different definition. of it, it seems like fear is this. Fear is something that is out of our control. Fear is, that's part of the definition anyway. Fear is something that is out of our control, something we can't change, something we can, cannot direct or, or anything like that. Think about the things we fear in this world. It's, it's things of sickness and violence, uh, disasters that take place, definitely death. Uh, those are things that we can't change. Uh, there are places where we could do some protecting. I know people who are building bunkers. And, and gathering up dry food, like, and, and maybe for a period of time, you know, if, if something goes awry, period of time, maybe that will be helpful. But the truth is, whatever God has planned, 
do you think you could escape from it? <laughs> it is laughable. It is laughable that, you know, I, I would say medicine has gone great lengths to preserve life. It, it cannot cure death. Right? It cannot cure death. There are, there are absolutely some things out of our control. This was being said in what's happening in our society. I mean, what's happening in our school system, what's happening in, in the great division of we can't, even, we can't even identify, you know, whether we're female or male. It, it, it's, it is maddening. It, it is just strange where this stuff is coming from. It's out of our control. I mean, we could do some things. We could speak up, and, but it seems like the whole world is going in a direction that is absolutely, continuously opposite of God, away from God, away from God, fear. It, it brings people into desperation, the things of hurts and, and uh, uh, difficulties that we face. Uh, the truth is, that, that uh, it is like being pushed off a cliff. You know, maybe a great wall, get this vision in your mind of being a great wall, and it's slowly inching us towards. You can't do anything about it. You can't climb over the wall. And, and slowly, surely, it's drawing you to the end of the cliff. You don't know when the cliff is going to come, but you absolutely know you're going to get pushed off. That's, and and you know, when that time comes, when God decides judgment is coming upon all of us, but God, but God sent Jesus intentionally, purposely. It is because of his love that Jesus came into this world. Why is it significant to, to sing uh, the phrase uh, that says uh, uh, that he is the hope of all the earth? He is the joy of every longing heart. The reason we long is because of the brokenness and bitterness in this world. The second point in the hymn is that hope, that Jesus came to bring hope to those. When I say rescue is something that we always wait on. Israel waited on Jesus. They waited on the Messiah to come. We, we are waiting for him to come again, as Eric said. Hope is given to us through God's promises. As it was written in the Old Testament, they held on to, we have promises today that we count on, that we look to. The promises of salvation. If we receive Jesus, if we believe in Jesus, if we follow after Jesus, commit our lives to Christ, we have the promise of salvation, that, that we won't have to face a judgment, a, a condemning judgment from God. And, and how is that? It doesn't mean that, that uh, uh, I'm, I, I become righteous. Yes, it does. In Christ, we live his righteousness. We receive his forgiveness in the cleansing blood of Jesus. And so in that day, we are saved from that condemning judgment. Israel found strength and consolation in God's promises. And in, in, in the remaining part of, 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 of uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 11 and 12, it goes on to say, well, here, let me just share since I have it open here, it says, In that day the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, and from Hamath, and from the, uh, from the islands of the Mediterranean. He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. 
He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four quarters of the earth. See, those were words that they listened to. And they put their, uh, as it says, their, their consolation in. They, they were consoled or they were comforted. And what did they have? And, and when they were taken into captivity, they had nothing. Where did, what did they do? They placed their hope in only God's promises. They placed their hope in God's promises. There's no better place to be. In your circumstances, have you been there? In, in those desperate times when it just seems like your world is falling apart, where do you turn to? Do, do you turn to the promises of God that he says, that, that basically we could say God has more in store for us than just this life here today? No matter the circumstances, I could praise him when things are going well. And guess what? We could praise him in the midst of the worst hurts and pains. That's, that, that is the truth. He is Israel's, um, he is Israel's, I got, I'm sorry, I got to find it. He is Israel's strength and consolation. It, it's in those times when we could give him praise that we also find his strength. Uh, the ability to get through difficulties and hurts and pains. We trust in God's promises. We have his word. We have his promises before us. We're not waiting. Uh, we're, we're not waiting for the brilliance of humanity to correct and mend all things, right? We're not looking for uh, men to get together, real bright men to get together and figure out how this world ought to work. They've been trying for years and we seem to continue to go in the wrong direction right? They need a savior themselves, those who are trying. We are not looking for another message or another savior. We are looking for Jesus, our savior and our great hope. He is our hope. He is our joy of every longing heart. He is the hope of every longing heart. Uh, people are searching. People are searching. People are searching for security, they're, they're searching for love. They're lo looking for those relationships where, that can be trusted and where there could be confidence. And, and, and they're looking for purpose, a, a reason for existence. And God has given us all that. God has given us all that through Jesus Christ. Jesus comes to rule. The second verse, let me read for you the lines. It says, Born thy people to deliver. Born a child and yet a king. Remember the wise men came to worship him because of the prophecies they saw and recognized. Born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all sufficient merit raise us to thy glorious throne. Just a couple of points I want to make in here. This idea of him coming as a king. That was the promise in the Old Testament. He is going to establish his throne forever. That's, that's what he told, that's what God told to David. How is he going to do that? How is, how is God going to establish David's throne eternally? Well, the obvious answer is the eternal King Jesus, who, who rose from the dead and is seated upon that throne and, and, and lives today lives today as our king. Uh, the line that says, now thy gracious kingdom bring. That's, that's exactly what Jesus did when he entered in this room, into this, into this earth. 
When he entered into this world, he brought with him God's kingdom. He introduced it to us, inaugurated it. He brought it in. He said in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, the time has come, Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. I believe that the, the final fulfillment was where Jesus died and he rose again. Remember what happened in Acts. And, and the power of the Holy Spirit was able to come upon all those who came to believe in him, who repented and, ba- and were baptized, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. He's working in us. Where is God's kingdom working in this world? It's not in this building until Sunday morning. When you're here, God's kingdom is working in his people. There's not a location. It's within his people. The kingdom exists today. It is powerful throughout this world. Because we are the ones who bear his message, his word, his gospel. And his gospel is powerful. It is what is given to the salvation of men. It, that, that gospel that's being preached, and, and we have that. We have a message to declare. The kingdom, as Eric said, the kingdom is, is presently working in this world today. And, and, and the thrill of it is to watch uh, maybe, maybe a new convert as they're growing. And, and they're, they're taking on fruit, and, the, and you see the evidence of the Spirit working in their lives. You see, the fruit is as others come to know Jesus because you're sharing that gospel. That's the, that's the strength and the power of, of, of the kingdom. As, as more people come to identify Jesus as that Savior. It's a continued work. And we are awaiting. Like Israel, you know, we have that message as well. This idea that our longing hearts, work, you know, continuing to live in a world that is just broken and ugly and sinful. The one that we cannot control, that God has a plan for us, a completed kingdom. That when Jesus returns, we're going to enter into. Where the, the most glorious thing I, I believe about it is found in Revelation chapter 20 where it says, There will be no more tears. No more hurt, no more suffering or pain. All those things are gone. No more frustration, no more destruction, no more ugliness of this world, no more evil. But we'll be there in his rule and, and with him in his presence. There will be no greater place, no greater destination than what God has planned for those who love him and pursue him and, 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 and have received his Savior Jesus Hey, and, and part of that, that last line says, man, he rules. We're, what I said was he rules in us. It's within our hearts. It's that decision. It's that dedication that, that we're growing in. The Holy Spirit working in us. A, a dedication, a commitment to living for Jesus. Uh, he rules over us. And it's living a life with Jesus as, as our ruler. It's, it's living, dedicating each day to him and living on his behalf. Therefore, when we sing a song uh, that says, Come thou long expected Jesus. You know, what, what is it saying? You know, it is speaking about that need for a savior in this world. 
And Jesus is the, is the answer to, to the problems we have. He brings hope and consolation as we continue to see this evil working in this world. He gives us strength. He gives us hope. And he is the eternal king today and forever to come. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. This is a good time of the year to be giving God praise for sending Jesus. We do it all the time, but maybe this time of year we could do it in front of the people around us that are celebrating Christmas and have no idea why. <laughs> Let them know about such a Savior as Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. Lord, for ourselves, Lord, there are these songs that we sing bring us encouragement and joy. Father, they, they bring us truth. Uh, being able to sing and, and remember the great anticipation that Israel had of Jesus in his first coming. To be able to see the hurts and pains, the 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 ruin that they walked through, uh, and, and Father, to, to know that they were so longing and looking forward to the Messiah that you sent. Lord, we have that great opportunity to know Jesus, to know the details, to see his coming, to celebrate it in every day. Lord, we pray that, that in our celebration, others will come to know him that we'll be, able to, we'll be open to celebrating him in this community and, and letting others know that, that he is worthy of our praise, he is, is worthy of our commitments and for our following. God, you're good to us. We praise you for such a Savior as Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.